Hi, welcome everybody. Welcome to uh, the Takeaway Kids podcast. It's been a while. It might have been about a year since you've heard us the last time. Um, it's about two years ago since we started with this podcast, but we thought it was a good time to talk with you guys about the Chinese money mindset. Simona, you're back in Amsterdam. How's life? <laughs> uh, life is good for for the, the the circumstances. I think uh, everybody's in quarantine. It's fine. Together here with the boyfriend, uh, having some good food. We're comfortable, so it's good enough. How about you? How's it back in Copenhagen? Staying safe. I mean, I think that we're slowly getting back to, or we're, we might already be in, in a second lockdown, a second wave. Um, I'm back at the office. Um, so life feels, feels pretty good. Uh, I miss going back to the Netherlands, though. Um, but it's good that you and I have had many phone calls over the last couple of months just trying to uh, to stay in contact with the people I care about. And one of the topics that we actually talk quite a lot about is um, the role that money plays in our lives. And I think that for the both of us, it has quite a, a different role. Um, it was so, an eye-opener when I talked to you about it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of it comes from how we've been raised. Um, and it might be an interesting topic for our listeners to to hear more about as well. So your parents are from Wenzhou. Wenzhou, yeah. yeah. So what is the, the, the mindset that Wenzhou niece have about money? Um, I think Wenzhou niece at first, uh, they already called their name the Jews of the Chinese people. So when I lived in China and I introduced myself as Simona, my parents and I are from Wenzhou, they're like, ah, you must have money, right? All the Wentonese have money. They're also the Chinese. And they're also the Jews in China. <laughs> and then, that already gives you, kind. Of, I think, kind of an impression of what, what people think of Wentonese. Um, yeah. It's pr- it's pretty okay. Like, but the, the mindset is, though, that you need to hoard as much money as possible. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And but they're the ones in these are they're known for being entrepreneurs. They, they they set up their own companies and also within China they have a lot of factories. They set up their own companies. I think everybody has a shoe factory. When they travel outside of China, when they emigrate, they set up their own businesses. So um yeah, my parents they they set up their own restaurants and yeah. I think they kind of followed in the footsteps of the traditional ones in these setting up their own company. Just making sure that you have enough money. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the future and then in the future not only for yourself but also for your parents for their parents for your yeah. brothers for your sisters for the entire family just make sure to have enough money and that if there is going to be another day like in the socialist revolution mm-hmm. that you're going to be warm and you're going to be comfortable and it's maybe like you know covid is maybe a little bit of an example as where you need that type of money yeah and i think that you know there there's definitely um, some similarities in in how our parents parents view money, but there's also quite big differences. So with my parents coming from Singapore and from Hong Kong, I can definitely see that um, they have a, a different mindset in regards to that. I think the one thing that we have in common is that we both had kind of the the second generation immigrant life where parents try to make our childhood as comfortable as possible. I mean, mm-hmm. you probably got everything that you wanted, as did I. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I always had the newest PlayStation, the newest Game Boy, whatever. Um, but they also see us as their pension, right? One thing that was so um, such an eye opener for me was, and I, I discussed this with you, but I also discussed this with two other Asian girlfriends who grew up in Europe. 
And the three of us, we feel we have the same obligation. And that is that in the end, or in the end, when we get older, when we, yeah, when we grow older, we need to take care of our parents. We need to be able to financially take care of our parents and not only take care of them, even maybe be able to pamper them in luxuries because they already had to suffer so much for us by raising us and yeah. by putting a lot on the side. And this is how we as Chinese kids, when we grow up, we repay them, we give yeah. them back. And that you you have an entirely different point of view there, right? Or Definitely. standpoint. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't put them in, in, in an elderly home or something like that. But I don't feel this kind of financial pressure that you feel that I have to make so much money that I can take care, you know, of my parents, of my sister. And I think that the reasons of this is, first of all, that, you know, my dad is from Singapore, my mom's from Hong Kong. That actually means that, you know, in our household, we have no culture. Like, you know, it is bits and pieces of everybody. And they picked out the thing that they thought was most appropriate from, from both cultures and then mixed it up with uh, the Dutch culture as well. So, for example, you know, um kind of this this like you know my my grandmother in hong kong is is very traditional and um she believes that you know the money should only be inherited by the boys in the family um because the boys are more important so you know i think that my parents just decided to um throw all of the the, the cultural pressure that they don't like out of the window and make up their own rules and I think another very important factor is is that we um, grew up with no family in the Netherlands. So there was absolutely no kind of peer pressure in that front um, either. So, you know, growing up, it was just me, my parents and my sister. And then I said it was two things. And the third th- uh, thing is actually that I think that, you know, like you said, like you feel pressure to financially stand for them because they suffered so much when you were younger. Um, I think that my parents always had a very good time, so I never saw them as suffering. Um, yeah, I think that was so um, so so appealing, or what really stood out to me. What you said about it's not it's it wasn't suffering. Um, I I gave them a really good time, and I think still that they have a really good time with you, and it's not that you're not a burden on them. You're like you're you're a gift to them. Yeah, I'm, I know. I don't know if I literally like not literally, no, but, but like the meaning of it. You're, you're completely think, right. And I know it sounds it sounds a bit cocky, but I think that you know, uh, in the end, and this is also something that we just discussed before. Like I didn't ask to be put on onto this world. Like they got me and my sister because they wanted to have kids, and you know, it was up to them to make the best out of it, and they did. They honestly did. I think that we had an amazing albeit a bit weird compared to my Dutch peers, but a great childhood. Um, so I also just see it like we actually had, you know, a nice time together. And if they didn't have kids, what would they have done with all their free time? Work That's more? True. I, I don't actually, know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a very healthy, and I think actually it, it's the better point of view on how um, how you should look at the future and also how our parents see us. Because I think deep down, Inside, I know that my parents also have this same viewpoint on their kids, on on me and my sister. But they just never really made it clear like that. Well, my, my dad this year said something in the likes of, you know, the best gift that parents can have 
is having their kids and for the rest nothing really counts so with with that quote that it actually uh, it became more clear to me and my sister as well that he does value having his daughters and that they do enrich their lives but they don't really um it doesn't really come out that much. They don't say it that much. But and then, then you see by what they do, you know, what they do to their family, how they take care of their parents and their family members again. And also how our peers, like my cousins and their aunts and how they take care, take care of each other. And that's just, that's the feeling that you get as a kid, yeah. as, a, as a Chinese kid that, okay, this is, this is what people expect from you yeah. or this and is I, what Chinese communities expect from you. Yeah. And I definitely think, you know, when, when I hear you talk about your aunts and your uncles like this, that is something that I definitely uh, admire as well, because, you know, I sometimes can feel very disconnected to my, my extended family because, you know, I've spent so little time with them. Um, you know, I would maybe see them. I've maybe seen them five times in my life when we would go travel to Singapore and to Hong Kong. Um, but then again, you know, as my dad, he would probably like it if I bought him a booth. He doesn't even like water, but yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, they have yeah. all of these kind of like boys in their choice. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm just still so grateful that, yeah, my parents aren't the best business-minded people. Um, but they're happy and they're healthy. And I think that is worth more than any money can give you. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, if... if in a way, it's much better. Also, for instance, your mom, like you said, she works six days a week, but she wants to work. And yeah. how I perceive that from you is that, well, what I hear from you is that she really enjoys going to work. She loves her colleagues. She loves the people that come here. She has her entire network there. Okay. And she gets her she gets her joy from that. And then I your dad... I think that she would go nuts spending this time with my dad instead. Yeah, probably. Who wouldn't when they're 60? <laughs> I don't see that with my mom. I'd rather see my mom going the way as your mom does yeah. than, you know, working really hard, doing it for the money, taking yeah. care of the family, but maybe not really enjoying it all that much. But that's the thing, though, you know, she was spending all this time with your dad and maybe there should be a fine balance between this where <laughs> maybe, you know, working for my mom, I, I honestly think it's very physically, it's hard on her, but I think that um, for her, it almost feels like hanging out with the girls, both her co-workers, but also a lot of her friends come and eat at the restaurant where she yeah. works. So I think definitely it's it's healthy for her. It keeps her a little bit uh, in movement every day and then she, she has her network of people there. Definitely yeah. healthy. Exactly. And I also think that, you know, my, my parents never really had a very frugal mindset growing up. So I think that that is something that I've been relearning myself for the last couple of years because, you know, money needed to, to be used and I mean whenever I am together with my mom like even just buying a piece of bread at the bakery makes her happy so she just bought something um, and I can see in my dad that you know he was a big baller when when he was a bit younger maybe going a lot to the casino gambling his money away uh, it sounds it's, but it's so weird though because most of the Chinese parents and people that I know they're all super frugal with their money you, you see the memes right where where Chinese moms, they hoard all the plastic bags and they reuse the plastic bags and the plastic containers and everything needs to be used twice or three but times. But I actually don't think that that has anything to do with being frugal, though. How is that not? How not? I think it, that, that, you know, reusing stuff is just because they honestly don't care. Um, because at the same time, you know, they will also buy a, a, a bag from Fela Kaimo for I don't know how many euros that everybody knows is worth maybe a tenth of it 
Yeah, no, I think it definitely is frugal. They're being frugal where it is possible. And it's possible to go frugal on your plastic uh, cartons or boxes because you can just wash them and use them again. Why would you spend the money? But then the next, I don't know, Louis Vuitton or YSL bag is worth the thousands of euros the the bag costs and they would happily spend the money on that bag it's they weigh the balances for themselves like it's not worth the plastic it's not that plastic bag is not worth the 10 cent but the louis vuitton bag is worth it ten thousand euros and, but then they the need to be frugal on the plastic bags in order to squander on the louis vuitton bags but but i think that you know the common denominator in, in both those those things is I think that money in the Chinese culture is being spent there where people can see it. So, you know, yes. there are no Chinese people with a nice apartment, with nice interior. There are literally no Chinese people that would spend, uh, you know, 200 euros buying one plate, guilty of charge. Um, <laughs> but then at the same time, you know, they will buy an expensive car. They will buy an expensive bag just so other people actually have a perception of them being wealthy or doing well in yeah. life. Yeah, I think that's also kind of an immigrant mindset, not even particular to Chinese anymore. Chinese definitely guilty of that, but a lot of immigrants, you see them showing this I mean, type of behavior. Yes, and no, because it's the same when you are in China, right? Yeah, but it's, it, well, it, let, let, let me put it this way. It's for every culture or community that comes from poverty and that is seeing uh, a very steep incline in in their riches right now the russians um the chinese um a lot of asian countries actually also well i lived in thailand so i can also give the 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 example of the thai but there's so many high so ties and they're so super rich and they just need to show it off because they come from a poor background or you know just a generation ago everybody was poor and everybody was living on the street and then you know one kid made it did 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 their best and then they made it and then you need to show it off it's yes it's a sign that you did well and you want to make your family and your community proud of you yeah so um i think that one of the conversations you and i had um the other the other week was you know all of the kind of weird habits that our parents have and i think that in the end you know our parents are the biggest role in the comedian that we call our life um and I think that, you know, one of the things that I, I think I saw it in a meme or I heard it in another podcast about somebody talking about, you know, it doesn't matter to which restaurant you go to and how good the food is. It's only as good as the price is. So meaning, you know, you can go to a Michelin restaurant and the food can be amazing, but, you know, you have spent 500 euros per, per head. That means it will, per definition, be a bad experience. Whereas, you know, whenever I go to the Netherlands and I want to take my parents out for dinner, it doesn't matter if it's an expensive one because my dad just wants to go to the Greek restaurant where they allow us to share a two-person menu with the three of us. He gets a free shot of Uzo and, you know, the end bill is 60 euros or something. And that makes it perfect, even though the meat is dry as fuck. The Uso, you know, nobody likes it. And it's the most, you know. But it's good value for money. It's good value for money. Yes, yes. I actually am also guilty of that. I Well, you I'm are. In between. I, I, I am. I force you to do the stuff that I want to do. <laughs> yes. But I like it. In the end, I do enjoy it, though. Yeah. I do enjoy it. But I do sometimes think, oh, that's a lot of money. But 
but I did. Um, it's the same experience that I had in Thailand. Again, I went to Gagan, a super expensive restaurant. I did that for one time. And that made me realize, though, at that time that I never want to eat cheap food again. I only want to eat really good food, real luxury food, like high quality. And then, you know, you have that for one evening and the next week you're on the streets and again eating street food. <laughs> but street food is good as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Any any weird things that your parents do money wise where you think like why the fuck are they spending their money like this? Oh my god! Um, yeah, yeah. My mom is now in China, so my sister and I were living with our dad, or we see our dad a lot. Yeah. And my mom, she well, I think you've seen it. Well, I have a I have a private Instagram account for all the ridiculous stuff my dad does, and you probably have seen some already. Sometimes I post it, but he buys his own clothes now. He's in this phase where he buys <laughs> his own clothes. My mom used to buy all of his clothes, you know, and then she's a Chinese mom. She buys all the good stuff, like Hugo Boss uh, shirts and uh, Paul and Shark shirts and uh, everything needs to have a brand on it. And, and at least it's good quality, according to them. And since a couple of years, he, he refuses to wear the the apparel that my mom has bought for him and then he buys his own clothes and he buys them at the uh, the wholesale market where he does groceries for his sushi restaurant and then they also have a clothing department so this week he came back with a um a red leather jacket oh that sounds amazing <laughs> yes it was amazing and he was so he was crazy about it because it, it, it only costed 40 euros this example he buys jackets for 40 euros and thinks he made a really good deal but then turns around and buys orders a bulk of face masks from china for 100,000 euros so anybody who wants, if you guys are you, if you're interested in buying face masks, I'm your girl. <laughs> Hashtag product placement. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the stupid stuff that my that my dad does for my mom. How shopping is an actual activity of endearment or family time. You know, whereas maybe yes. Dutch people would say, you know, oh, come over for a cup of tea and we will talk to each other. You know, whenever yeah. I'm back in the Netherlands, my mom would just say, like, oh, then on, on Thursday we can go shop together. And, you know, actually, I do love the time together because we've done that since I was a kid. Like, on Thursday, it would be her day off and we would go to The Hague uh, to the shopping night uh, and wa walk around together. But the thing that I start to um, uh, find harder and harder, or not hard, just annoying maybe, is that, you know, the Bainkorf, which is a department store um, in The Hague, it's not super high-end, but, you know, you can still get nice brands. And it's her favorite store, and mm -hmm. she loves to just walk there. Even if she is on her way to work, um, she might just go for a round and see what they have. Um, and, and her attitude through her entire life has always been, you know, work very, very hard, but spend all your money as well. Um So whenever, you know, it would be around the sale season and, you know, I would come home and the first thing she would say to me, like, oh, I have so many things to show you that I bought so you can see what you think about it. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I'll see it. And most of the things are, she has, she has a nice style. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and how much does it like, It doesn't matter how much it was. It was 70% discount, you know. And in my head, I would just be like, such a good deal. Did it, if you didn't need it. It was still 30% more expensive than not spending your money. Yeah, I'm the same with my mom. And then eventually they, they hoard everything in, in their closets and exactly. they will never wear it. They will just look at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I spent, um, I think it was two years ago, I spent a month back in the Netherlands and I haven't been back home for that long in, in, a, yeah, in a long time. And uh, my plan was to, you know, clean up her, her wardrobe, get, you know, 
Mary Kondo, her, her, her clothing. And she had such a hard time letting go, even though the shit she would never buy. And there was so much clothing that was so fancy. And she worked six days out of the week. And, you know, she worked between 60 to 100 hours uh, a week. Um, and I'll ask her, where are you going to wear this to? And then she'll be like, I'll wear it to a wedding. Yes, yes. It's always the wedding, the wedding <laughs> or the dinners. Exactly, so, which happened just like t- twice a year. Yeah, in a good year. I mean, because normally they would even say no to weddings because you know, again, Chinese mindset. Going to a wedding means that you have to come with a very expensive gift um, or a big money amount. I think you have a bit more experience with that because I honestly have never been to a wedding uh, back in the Netherlands because my parents think that this paying the 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 couple this massive amount of money is a bit ridiculous but you you and your parents have been to quite a lot of weddings right uh yeah yeah i think what the minimum that you pay is like the couple it's always a set standard you know the, the chinese couples they go to a chinese restaurant then you get this 10 course chinese meal there's lobster there's abalone and you have all those luxury dishes so i think the average price per person for one of those dinners per seat is 100 euros so you need to at least Give them 100 euros just to pay them back already for the dinner. Exactly. Um, and this is for like almost on an acquaintance level, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, but I think like normal, if it's friends of my parents, you maybe, maybe pay five, yeah, you give them around about, I think, 500 euros to, if it's in between two to 500 euros. If yeah. they're really, if, if it's family, family, and if they're very close to you, it's going, it sits in between, I think, 500 to 1,000 euros. Yeah. I need Crazy. to get married and invite your parents to my wedding. Yeah, but then the thing is that they also, it's all a, a calculation for them in their heads. It's like, oh, this person married that person. We gave them that amount of money for that wedding. So we expect that when our daughter is getting married, she will get the same amount back. Or but maybe the thing a little is, bit more. couldn't everybody then just keep their own money? Yeah, and that would be the end of the story. Yeah, but then you would lose face, you know, yeah. losing face, and it's all about losing face. Okay, I think that we're soon coming to uh, the end of our podcast. Tell me one fun story about your parents uh, about money. The first time I went for real shopping with friends, I would go into the city and go for clothes shopping, and my dad was so used to my mom shopping and my mom's amounts of money for shopping. So the first time I think I was maybe 13 or 14 years old, I asked my dad, Hey dad, I'm going to the city. Can I have some money for clothes? And he literally gave me, I don't know, 500 euros. And, I'll, <laughs> and you're 13 or 14 years old. You're like, yeah, I'm just going to the H and M. I might just buy some jeans that are 20 euros. But yeah, I think it's there, there where it's totally screwed skewed in terms of money and then maybe go into birthdays where you're where all of your friends give um give give the the person who's celebrating the birthday five euros yeah and you are there with 20 euros because you can't go there with five euros that you would lose face yeah Yeah. so did did you have the same um i remember you know in the netherlands on wednesdays we would have half days at school so you would be done at 12 and then afterwards you would go on some kind of activity and I would often go uh, play some football and you could buy some candy. And it's like, you know, like all my Dutch peers, they would get maybe 20 cents or 50 cents. And 
honestly, you could buy a lot of candy for 50 cents as well. And I would come there as well, like with a 10 euro, 20 euro bill, like, oh, maybe I can just buy the entire store. (laughs) Oh, you want some candy? Let me buy you some candy. Let me buy your friendship. Exactly. Well, Simona, it was lovely talking with you again. Let's try to have a podcast a bit sooner than, uh, than a year again. Um, and hopefully we'll see each other soon face to face that will happen I hope before the end of the year and otherwise definitely hopefully. next year alright okay bye bye you guys if you're still listening leave a comment let us know what you thought of the podcast and if you have any suggestions for further topics let us know and share right. your crazy money mindset stories <laughs>